0: Chapter Seven of Epistolai, the Letters of Dante. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas Clifford. Epistolai, the Letters of Dante, by Dante Alighieri, translated by Paget Toynbee. Epistolai, Seven to the Emperor Henry the Seventh. April seventeenth, thirteen eleven. To the most glorious and most fortunate conqueror and sole lord, the lord Henry, by divine providence, king of the romans, and ever Augustus, his most devoted servants, Dante Alighieri, a Florentine undeservedly in exile, and all the Tuscans everywhere who desire peace, offer a kiss on the ground before his feet as the boundless love of god bears witness the heritage of peace was left to us that in its wondrous sweetness the hardships of our warfare might be softened and that by its practice we might earn the joys of the triumphant fatherland but the envy of the ancient and implacable enemy who ever secretly plots against the prosperity of mankind having dispossessed some of their own free will has owing to the absence of our guardian impiously stripped us others against our will wherefore we have long wept by the waters of confusion and unceasingly prayed for the protection of the just king who should destroy the satellites of the cruel tyrant and should establish us again under our own justice but when thou the successor of caesar and augustus o'erleaping the ridge of the apennines did spring back the venerated tarpeian standards Forthwith our deep sighing was stayed, and the flood of our tears was dried up, and like the rising of the long-awaited sun a new hope of a better age shone abroad upon Italy. Then many, going before their wishes and their joy, sang with borrow of the reign of Saturn and of the return of the Virgin. But because our sun, whether it be the fervour of our longing, or the appearance of truth which suggests it, is believed to be tarrying or is suspected to be turning back as though at the bidding once again of joshua or of the son of amos we are constrained in our uncertainty to doubt and to break forth in the words of the forerunner art thou he that should come or look we for another and though prolonged desire as is its wont turns into doubt in its frenzy things which owing to their being close at hand seem to be certain nevertheless we believe and hope in thee declaring thee to be the minister of god the son of the church and the furtherer of the glory of rome for i too who write as well for myself as for others beheld thee most gracious and heard thee most clement as beseems imperial majesty when my hands touched thy feet and my lips paid their tribute then my spirit rejoiced within me when i secretly said within myself Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. But we marvel what sluggishness holds thee so long, in that long since victor in the valley of Po thou dost abandon, pass by, and neglect Tuscany, not otherwise than as if thou didst suppose the imperial rights entrusted to thy guardianship to be limited by the boundaries of Liguria forgetting in sooth, as we apprehend, that the glorious dominion of the Romans is confined neither by the frontiers of Italy nor by the coast-line of three-cornered Europe. For although it has been constrained by violence to narrow the bounds of its government, yet by indefeasible right it everywhere stretches as far as the waves of Amphitrite, and scarce deigns to be circumscribed by the ineffectual waters of ocean for it is written for our behoof from the fair line of troy a caesar shall be born who shall bound his empire by the ocean his glory by the stars and when augustus decreed that all the world should be taxed as the lowing of our evangelical ox aglow with the flame of the eternal fire records if the decree had not issued from the court of a most just prince in vain would the only begotten son of god made man in order to the declaring himself subject to the edict in accordance with the nature he had assumed have will to be born of the virgin at that time for he whom it behoved to fulfil all righteousness would not have counselled an unrighteous act let him then for whom the whole world is longing be ashamed to be entangled so long in such a narrow corner of the world and let it not escape the consideration of augustus that the tyrant of Tuscany is encouraged by the assurance that he is delaying, and daily by appealing to the pride of the evil doers, gathers fresh strength, heaping daring upon daring. Let the voice of Curio to Caesar be heard once again. While the factions are in confusion and without support, away with delay—delay delay was ever the bane of the ready—equal toil and fear are more dearly bought." once again let the voice of mercury chiding aeneas be heard if the glory of such mighty deeds leave thee unmoved and thou wilt not exert thyself for thine own fame's sake yet consider the young ascanius Julius, thine hope and heir to whom are due the kingdom of italy and the land of the romans for john thy royal first-born The king whom, after the setting of the day which is now rising, the succeeding generation of the world awaits as their ruler, is to us as the second Ascanius, who, following in the footsteps of his great sire, shall rage like a lion against the followers of Turnus, wheresoever they be, and towards the followers of Latinus shall be as gentle as a lamb let the lofty counsels of the most sacred king take heed lest the judgment from on high renew the bitter words of samuel when thou wast little in thine own sight wast thou not made head of the tribes of israel and the lord anointed thee king over israel and the lord sent thee on a journey and said go and utterly destroy the sinners the amalekites for thou likewise hast been anointed king that thou mayest smite amalek and not spare agag and mayest avenge him that sent thee on the brutal people and their over-hasty rejoicing which things verily amalek and agag are said to signify through the spring as through the winter dost thou linger at milan thinking to extirpate the pestiferous hydra by cutting off its heads but if thou hadst turned thy thoughts back to the mighty deeds of the glorious Alcides, thou wouldst perceive that thou, like him, art deceiving thyself. For the noisome beast, as its ever-multiplying heads sprouted again, grew stronger through the loss, until the hero in good earnest attacked the seat of life itself. For to destroy a tree, the mere lopping of branches is of no avail nay the noxious growth will but come again the more thickly so long as the roots are uninjured and can supply nourishment what dost thou the sole ruler of the world imagine thou wilt have accomplished when thou hast set thy foot upon the neck of rebellious cremona will not some unlooked-for madness next break out at brescia or at pavia yea and when this has been chastised and has subsided presently another will break out at Vercelli or at Bergamo, or elsewhere until the root cause of this exuberance be removed and the root of all the mischief being plucked up the spiny branches shall wither together with the trunk dost thou not know most excellent prince and canst thou not descry from the watch-tower of thine exalted highness where that stinking vixen has her lair undisturbed by the hunters verily the culprit drinks neither of the headlong po nor of thine own tiber but her jaws pollute e'en now the rushing stream of arno and florence canst thou be unaware florence is the name of this baleful pest she is the viper that turns against the vitals of her own mother she is the sick sheep that infects the flock of her lord with her contagion she is the abandoned, an un- unnatural mirror, inflamed with passion for the embraces of her father Cyniris. She is the passionate Amata, who, rejecting the fated marriage, did not shrink from claiming for herself a son-in-law whom the fates denied her, but in her madness urged him to battle, and, at the last, in expiation for her evil designs, hanged herself in the noose verily with the ferocity of a viper she strives to rend her mother when she sharpens the horns of rebellion against rome which made her in her own image and after her own likeness verily she exhales pestilential fumes from the reek of corruption whence the neighbouring flocks all unknowing waste away when by the lure of lying blandishments and deceit she wins over to herself those on her borders and having won them deprives them of their senses verily she burns for the embraces of her own father when she wickedly and wantonly seeks to compass a breach between thee and the supreme pontiff who is the father of fathers verily she resists the ordinance of god worshipping the idol of her own will when spurning her rightful king, she is not ashamed, mad as she is, to barter rights not her own, with a king not her own, for the power to do evil. But let the infuriate woman take heed to the noose wherein she is entangling herself. For oft-times such a one is given over to a reprobate mind, to the end that when so given over he may do those things which are not convenient for though the deeds be unjust yet as retribution they are seen to be just up then make an end of delay thou new scion of jesse and take confidence from the eyes of the lord god of hosts in whose sight thou strivest and overthrow this goliath with the sling of thy wisdom and with the stone of thy strength for at his fall night and the shadow of fear shall cover the camp of the philistines The Philistines shall flee, and Israel shall be delivered. Then our heritage which was taken away, and for which we lament without ceasing, shall be restored to us whole again. But even as now, remembering the most holy Jerusalem, we mourn as exiles in Babylon, so then, as citizens, and breathing in peace, we shall think with joy on the miseries of confusion written in tuscany from beneath the springs of arno on the seventeenth day of april in the first year of the most auspicious passage of the holy henry into italy End of chapter seven